Welcome to Digital First Leadership, the podcast that focuses on helping leaders and teams understand how to master the language of social media in today's digital first world. In this episode, Richard sits down with Hang Black, the VP of Revenue Enablement at Juniper Networks and author of recent book titled Embrace Your Edge, focusing on inclusivity and accessibility. Like many of the high-performing executives Richard sat down with over the years, Hang was tentative to take on the digital leadership approach. During their conversation, Hang uses her talent for storytelling to impactfully demonstrate how quickly embracing the online community can change the course of a career. Hang, I want to say thank you very much for joining me. It is always a pleasure to get together with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. You and I are going to talk about, well, there's so many things that you and I could talk about. We've known each other for a very long time. And what we want to talk about, though, is this idea of digital presence, of, of an identity online. But let's help your audience understand kind of where you've come from and, and where you are today. Well, um, thank you for asking. I was an engineer for nearly 10 years and my career, you know, accelerated pretty quickly at the beginning as it does with a lot of high achievers. But at some point your career can plateau. And I moved into marketing and sales just because, you know, I like to say I went into engineering because I like solving hard problems and I like numbers. And I went into sales because I like numbers with dollar signs in front of them a lot more. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but the thing was my career plateaued, not because of my career shift, but just, you know, circumstantially environment, timing, et cetera, et cetera. By the time I exited that career path, I had then had nearly a decade in one large company and over a decade in another large company. And I hadn't built my network. And that was right around the time that I met you. I started my own company. I did everything sales and marketing consulting. I was nicknamed Black Ops, as you know. And I really found my wings at that point from the perspective of consulting with a lot of companies and understanding more and more use cases from B2B to B2C, from small company to large company. But I also was uh, very fortunate to run into you a couple of times. And you taught me about digital brand and digital presence. And for me at the time, if you don't remember, I was a complete curmudgeon about that stuff. Ugh, brand, yeah. networking. I need to go I, take a bath. I know you say that now, but it, I got to tell you, that wasn't my impression, but that's because we had the, the pleasure of meeting each other in person and you have a very strong presence and uh, very compelling. And so that part shone through. And you're right. Your digital online presence was lacking or, or absent. But it wasn't something that really I had noticed because we had the opportunity to meet on a re fairly regular basis after that one-on-one. Um, -on -one. But that's, I think, when you started to draw from me some of those things that you felt you needed to change in your online presence, right? That's right. That's that's completely right. Yeah. And I would I would say that it was... Um, I was one of those pathetic souls whose LinkedIn bio, if you looked it up, had no banner, no photo even. I might have a name and a title. Probably looks like my son's today and he's only yeah. 17. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, and you, and what's happened then is, is that, yes, we met. I can remember it very clearly. <clears throat> uh, it was uh, for an event that you had planned. And after that, we talked on occasion. And I got to admit, at the time, I didn't realize just how much you were absorbing and taking in. Because now today, 
it's a dramatic change from where you were. And it's been a short amount of time. I know we've known each other for years, but it was just a few years ago that you started to make this transition. Help, help the audience understand kind of what that tr- transition was like and how much effort and time it took. Sure. Um, so you and I met about six years ago, I think. Yep. Yep. And I don't think we actually started talking about digital presence until, I don't know, maybe four years ago. And I was... Um, and I was still trying to get over the hump about, you know, I don't really like networking and brand. Like, can't I just work hard and do good work? Um, but what I learned was it's not just what you know. It's not just who you know. It's who knows what you know. Oh, interesting. And I like that. In order to expand your networking and your credibility for those who don't have access like me, I'm an immigrant, you know, I was newish to the Bay Area, even though I'd been in the technology industry forever. At the time, physical presence was extremely important. And I just wasn't putting myself out there. So that's on me. That's the accountability. So about four years ago, I started just developing the brand and I kept evolving and I started getting more comfortable with it. And I'll tell you a little secret just between us and your audience. Um, I had also learned to be able to identify when a work environment is challenging me and pushing me to be better and when it's just flat out toxic. So once I realized I was in a toxic environment, I cried for two days and I wrote a killer, killer LinkedIn post. I got three job offers within three weeks that elevated my title by two levels. Okay. Right. And that was only three years ago. So I like to share with everyone because I think it's really, really important. Even if you don't have access with the internet, with the digitalization of communication, we have really democratized access to platform. So don't complain that you don't have a voice when you are not taking the opportunity to use the voice that you do have. So I created my own voice and brought other people along. And I like what you've said there, opportunity, because what I teach and present to the executives I work with, you and I have had this conversation multiple times, and that is prepare now for the opportunity that's going to present itself because it will present itself. But now it's not going to present itself in the traditional manner. It is going to be unforeseen, unexpected uh, quarters, something simply by putting yourself out there and developing that that uh, persona, which is what you did to, to, to do that. Now, there's a flip side to that, right? Because it's not just opportunity. There are times of crisis that as every leader will experience. And as we, as the time of this recording, there's a bit of a crisis that you're responding to that I'd like to delicately talk about if you're willing. And that is what's happening in the Asian community right now. Absolutely. Asians have notoriously been very silent and the little voice that we have has often been fragmented. Um, At the time of this recording, this is about a week after the uh, Georgia murders. And although it deeply saddens me, I've also been anticipating it for months. And it is a little bit odd to me that it takes an incident with only, and I say only in air quotes here, you know, um, eight total people. Whereas this has been happening to my Asian community, one to two people at a time every week for the last year. My people are literally getting lit on fire in the streets. My grandmothers and grandfathers are being pushed down. 
And so when this occurred, I got called on by the Asian community because of my presence on LinkedIn and because of my developing presence on Clubhouse to join these conversations. And within 30 minutes of writing my article, I got picked up by LinkedIn News and it just went viral. We're now creating um, on Friday, I'm a part of a group of Asian leaders who are trying to mobilize and consolidate the Asian voice so that we can create a movement that everyone, a singular movement that everyone can get behind. And it's only because I had that platform and voice already. And the reason I was getting called upon was because these other leaders and groups were hungry. They were saying, there's not another, there's so few, you know, um, VP plus level women in the fortune 500. And we need more business leaders, not just, you know, uh, no offense, Richard, but not more white men, <laughs> but hang, you can bring on the white men. You can attract the white men. You can actually, you can actually help bring them on in their un- understanding allyship awareness and their voice. Um, but we need more people like you to bring the credibility. So think of me as the, I'm, I'm, you know, again, overstating, but the MLK to other people's JFKs. Right. But they, right. they wanted my presence there. And it's only because I've built that platform. And that's a very valid point is that I hammer this home. You and I have talked about this and that is you need to prepare, start now. It's never too late, but start now, focus on, on developing that voice, getting yourself out there, um, putting your time out there. You just wrote a book that uh, also is out there, Embrace Your Edge. Tell us a little bit about the book. The book is called Embrace Your Edge, Pave Your Own Path as an Immigrant Woman in the Workplace. And it is specifically about creating your own access. Many of us who are climbing whatever achievement um, we are we are striving for, we start at the base of the mountain. And what we find is other people have access that we weren't even aware need, we needed or we weren't even aware perhaps existed. So I think of it as, you know, women carry the extra burden of being the primary caregiver, even if they're working. And even if they are the primary breadwinner, doesn't matter. They, in general, often carry more of the load at home. Now, immigrants also carry the extra burden of having to take care of their elders in their community who don't come with 401ks and pensions. Right. Or if they're not with us in the U.S., then we send money back to take care of them in, in the country. So both populations have this extra responsibility, and they also carry with them extra bias. And I don't know if you're aware of the studies, but when we celebrate gender, often race gets marginalized. When we celebrate race, gender gets marginalized. So then you have these folks that are caught in this double minority situation. So the question is, how do I lift myself out of the abyss? Well, the answer is, you know, just suck it up. Life isn't fair. And the moment you recognize that, then you then you're able to move on and say, okay, what can I do about it? Well, what you can do about it from a from a professional perspective is to take ownership of your own brand and curate your own network and create your own access. So, um, you know, that's my message to everyone. And it can happen. It can. And so here's the question that people are going to ask. They're like, well, I don't have anything to say. What do I have to say? Hang, you've you've obviously got some passion. You're out there. Look at you. You're important. But I'm just, who am I? And so how do you respond to that kind of pushback of, well, yeah, it's easy for you. 
I know it's not just, I'm just saying, I know it's not, but that's kind of sometimes the pushback because they see you, you're out there, you've got the book, you've got the platform, you've got the presence. So obviously it's easy for you to have something to say, but what do you say to them? I can tell them, and I've been asked this so many times, my book pages 131 to 136, (laughs) but quite, um, but you know, all kidding aside, just remember six years ago, I was an individual contributor with a very lowly title and I'd just gotten laid off for the third time from the same company, never for performance, always for reorganization. Um, so you can start from literally nowhere right? and you just, and you just have to understand what your superpower is. Now that's really hard to develop and understand your superpowers. So it starts with a lot of self-awareness. And I give people a lot of tools in the book of how to find your values, your strengths, your superpowers, but everyone has a passion. And once you have find that passion, you'll be able to find your voice. And so is there, let's take something from the book. Let's give our audience something from the book that they could take away from them that maybe it's, how do you find your superpower? How do I know it? How do I even recognize it that I have it? Cause I like that. People can resonate with that. Um, what would you say? Um, I have 10 questions in the book and I don't remember them off the top of my head. One, you got one, but, but it's kind of who, why do you do what you do? You know, we'll we'll still Simon Sinek's start with why. Why do you do what you do? Who does what you do? Why do you do it better than them? So that's just a teaser. I like that. I like that because it causes me to reflect on myself because uh, I'm thinking about myself and I know that the audience is probably listening going, oh, yeah, what do you do better? And uh, I encounter people who are like, well, I don't have anything. And I got to tell you, I have very little patience for people like that uh, because it's like w- you're not being you're not being honest with yourself. You're just being false modesty. Look, stop and ask yourself. And I tell people, look, if you have trouble asking, go ask your mother. She <laughs> will certainly tell you what you're good at because they've seen it in you since you were a child. But yes, I, I, I like that go find out that why and ask what, it, what it is it good. That uh, you're I'll, 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 um, I'll make a little bit of a fun of myself. Okay. okay. I asked, I took Carla Harris's advice to look for my three adjectives. Okay. And I asked about 15 people, my mom, only one or two of my eight siblings, my children, okay some colleagues, some mentors that I really, all people that I really, really respected. And this is really key. Ask people who are your supporters, not your diminishers. I asked them to give three adjectives without context. I said, when you think of me, give me three adjectives that you think of me. And before I got feedback from them, I had written down my oh, interesting. list. Okay. okay. I got all the feedback back. And I created them. I put them all in a spreadsheet, like a nice little engineering nerd. <laughs> and I created themes out of them. And when I walked away and this, you know, this took a period of two or three months and it evolved. But when it finalized, it was like, it's become my mantra, which I really um, believe is my superpower. Curious, courageous, and capable. Would you say that's accurate? No, knowing you, uh, when you say courageous, the word I hear is fearless. 
uh, because that would have, be one of the words that would be, yes, absolutely. And the fact that you have continually looked for ways to turn over rocks and say, what's this? Where's that? And those rocks are virtual rocks in your life where you've turned them over to reinvent yourself or to expand your capabilities. Absolutely. Those are great words to describe who you are. And I think that's a great exercise for anyone to do is to have the courage to ask. Sometimes people are just afraid to ask, aren't they? They're afraid to find out. And uh, having that courage to actually do that, I think is awesome. Yeah. And it's when you have courage, it's also about having the vulnerability to ask, to admit that you don't know all the answers. Yep. And, uh, and I think vulnerability, uh, humility and vulnerability come together to, that you're willing to take that. And that's why I often recommend your mother because um, our mothers love us and they want what's best. Sometimes they say words that make us angry or upset, but they're really trying their best to do, do well for us. Hang, I want to say thank you so much for spending some time with us talking about some of the issues that are very personal and dear to your heart right now as you're, as you're working on that. If people wanted to find out more information or where to find about the book itself, where would you recommend they go to find out more about you? Go to hangwithhang.com. A lot of rich content on there. You'll see a forward by Carla Harris. You'll see um, endorsements by the CEO of Zoom, the CEO of Juniper Networks, um, among other, you know, awesome things and a, a, a few little gifts that you can download. Um, and you can also find me Thursdays weekly on Clubhouse at, again, Hang With Hang. Hang with Hang. That's H-A-N-G with H-A-N-G. So Hang, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really appreciated it. Thanks for your time. You've been listening to Digital First Leadership, the podcast where you learn to leverage and build your expertise on digital platforms. For more valuable tips on mastering the language of social media, subscribe to our newsletter at blisspointconsult.com. If you'd like to stay in touch, feel free to add Richard on LinkedIn and join the conversation.